This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome to the show, and we are lucky enough to have a guest in studio. It's John Wexler. Hi, John. How are you? Hello. Hello. How are you, sir? So glad you're uh, in today to talk about the work you're doing with the youth of America. Um, first, your background. You are an entrepreneur um, to the nth degree. Um, You've Have you been your own boss f- for your whole life, or when did you get into what we'll call entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's a, a, a great, uh, great question, Adam. Um, I think I've always known I was going to be an entrepreneur, and it started with Little League selling the most popcorn or the most candy when you're knocking on doors, not being, a, being afraid to walk up and knock on somebody's door or engage them. Uh, with something that you want to try to achieve. Um, it started out that way. Um, and then in high school, um, I started getting the feel that I would be better off in my own business. And uh, I actually went to the Army right out of high school. And uh, and that was where I was not my own boss, right? You, you learn to toe the line and you learn to do as told. Um, and I learned an awful lot in my days in the military. And that really prepped me for a really good college experience. I started dabbling uh, in entrepreneurship in college uh, and then went to IBM right out of right out of school. So again, I was in a large corporate environment. And then uh, really after about five years there is when I really jumped in uh, to the entrepreneurial world. And really for the last 25 years, uh, I've, I've started companies. Um, I've, uh, I've built great teams. I've been very fortunate to work with some amazing people. Uh, but it has been all about self-determination, right? At the end of the day, I I believe that if you add value to the world in some way, uh, no one can fire you, right? Only your customers can cut you loose. That's right. And if you're not doing a good job, they'll let you know. Well, I want to get into uh, some of the projects you've worked on. uh, But after we talk about, you know, what, what you're doing with kids, so you uh, you work with uh, high school age kids? High school, all uh, the way down to really elementary. So um, I think it's important to inspire youth more than try to direct, control, manage. Uh, I think kids today, uh, youth today, right, whether you're talking elementary or high school, all the way through into college, uh, they're really looking to uh, connect with a movement or connect with an idea. And, and inspiring youth earlier in their lives to explore entrepreneurship and innovation is really my passion. So I've worked with uh, the city of Fishers, which was recently named one of the best places to live in America. Uh, and that's because of a lot of support that they give to this idea of a smart, vibrant, and entrepreneurial city. The earlier we can engage our youth in what it means to add value to the world as an entrepreneur, I think the better off we all are. So you come into, uh, I'll just say, a high school uh, auditorium. Is mm-hmm. this a, like a large, like, is this a classroom or is this the whole dang school? Is it, this 3,000 students? <laughs> it can be It can be anything and everything. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship, yeah. Adam. We don't have to define this, right? So, so we've done it where we do large auditoriums. We've done it where we engage uh, opt-in, so it's after school. Uh, we've done it where uh, we help a city's third graders start lemonade stands. We did Lemonade Day years ago and have done it every year since in Fishers. But you know it's Lemonade Day in Fishers when it happens because there are lemonade stands everywhere. And what we're doing there is we're teaching youth what it means to go out and get some seed money, 
go to your parents and ask for 15 bucks yeah. to go buy some lemonade materials, get some cups, get some ice, sell it to your customers, pay your, your financier back, have a little bit of money left over. That's called your profit, right? And then with that profit, you save some, you spend some, and you give some. Right. So there are three aspects to this where we teach kids and, and youth at this level. The third grade program, uh, Lemonade Day, uh, is about that. And so it's teaching everything from what it means to build a profitable enterprise. It teaches them to save something for another day. And it teaches them to be good corporate citizenship, good corporate citizens with the money that they make. It's not all just for them. Right. They should give some back to a cause that matters. So it's it's. I think, you know, everything that we do with Launch Fishers, the Indiana IoT Lab, the work that, that I do in our community has radiated uh, across our state and even gone a little bit out uh, across the country uh, with the idea that if we can engage youth to add value to our communities, we give them opportunities, right? It's, it's a great, um, you know, seed to plant with a, with a young person that just terms like seed money, you know, you saying seed money because... You know, my daughters had uh, lemonade stands, my niece and my nephews did, and it was all of those things you just mentioned, but it, there were no terms and there was no guest speaker or team effort to have a plan in place to earn some, save some, give some, and all. I love the plan, the, the plan of attack here, because, you know, my daughters obviously learned that if you uh, sold some lemonade, took some time, took the effort to make it, you can make some money. And those are great lessons. But what you're talking about takes it to another level because now there's terms involved. There's a glossary. There's a, there's seed money. It's a framework. And I have to tell, I'm 52 now. I didn't know what seed money was till I was 46. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, so the kids you're talking to, these are little, you know, what, who was it? Uh, Michael Keaton or, uh, yeah. you know, Little Family Ties, yeah. Michael P.J. Yeah. Keaton. What that was, was his it. name? Michael? That was Michael J. Fox. Michael, my, I'm getting the character. middle initial screwed up here. Michael J. Fox, Alex P. Keaton. There you go. Alex P. Keaton yep. from uh, Family Ties with his bow tie on. He yep. was a, a business-minded youth. Totally. That's who you're you're teaching, really. Yeah, and, and really, I think the next level concept here is that if we can help everyone, right, at the end of the day, but especially our youth, find their passion, that is how the world becomes a much better place, right? People that don't know they have options feel trapped. Uh, they act out. Uh, they do things that are suboptimal for them and their communities, right? If if we can find ways for people to know this is an opportunity that they that don't know it, that to me is the biggest kind of challenge here and, and the most insidious form of neglect really at the end of the day is not sharing the opportunity with everyone. And and I kind of almost in a way, it's an evangelistic movement for me that I feel like if I can just have people understand, they don't need anybody's permission to add value to the world in some small entrepreneurial way. They need to think like an innovator. They need to understand the innovation process. They need to understand that failure happens and failure is not the end. It's one thing to fail. You don't want to be a failure, right? But it's okay to, to trip up. Uh, and pull yourself up and 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 rally. And I just think if more people understood that, not only in entrepreneurship and innovation, but just in life, I think we'd all be better off. What's the uh, that great Thomas Edison quote about the light bulb? Oh, he, yeah. He failed. He didn't fail a thousand times. 
before he invented the light bulb. Yep, 3,000 ways. He or... learned a 1,000 ways how not to make a light bulb. Exactly. Uh, John Wexler is our guest. He works with youth on um, – well, you're an expert in entrepreneurship. I, uh, I guess so. I've been around a while. And, uh, and you work with uh, kids on the idea of being an entrepreneur. Um, we just talked about that third-grade program with the lemonade stands. Let's move it up to the high school groups, high school age. What, what do you do or say to high school kids? So we have uh, we have a couple of different programs that we do. One uh, is a uh, is a Launch Fishers High School Fellowship. We do a, a fellowship program that can be replicated really just about anywhere. Uh, but the idea is we bring our students in for a one-week boot camp uh, where we bring entrepreneurs, we bring, bring in speakers that have, have done this kind of thing before, and we coach these high schoolers up on what it means to work in an entrepreneurial company, right? So it's just basics, right? Entrepreneurial 101 stuff for a one-week boot camp. At the end of that week, uh, we do speed dating on the Friday where all of the companies that participate get to meet all of the students. And then we connect. Real companies. Real companies, like high-growth, software, tech, innovation companies. We connect them with the students so the students can do a summer internship. And then what, what happens is those students a lot of times will they'll shadow the CEO, they'll work with the development team, they'll work in the marketing department, but they will have some meaningful connection to that company as a sophomore, junior, or senior so that when they go off to college, maybe they come back to that community and engage with that company again with the idea that maybe when they graduate or spend a few years out somewhere else, they come back into this community and start a company that adds value uh, to to the whole community. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great idea. A lot of people, you know, go to extra extremes and efforts to keep their talent in house yep. in their own community. Yep, uh, that's a great idea. Ha- have you? Uh, I guess I'll put you on the spot. A-, a success story of a recent high schooler, maybe six years ago, who's now twenty four, out of college, and you still take, keep in touch with them and know what they're doing and Countless. the companies they're building. Countless. You can put me on the spot on any of this because okay. we can show our work uh, really at the end of the day. We're not doing this for any reason other than to try to do good in our community. If it wasn't working, we wouldn't do it. Um, but, I mean, I could give you uh, dozens and dozens of, of our past uh, uh, entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, high schoolers that we've worked with. I'll, I'll give you one example, and I haven't talked to him, so I, I won't name him by name. He'll know if he listens to this. Um, <laughs> we first met when he was in uh, middle school. So he was in the eighth grade. And I met him because his parents owned a business here in our community. And one of them, uh, we were on a, a panel together. And the, the dad asked if I would meet with his son because he was a really good developer, a programmer. He's eighth grade, mind you. Okay. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, I'll do that. And so we met them at their business and uh, had pizza. Uh, sat down, met the son, and I was blown away. I mean, the kid really was solid. And the next year, as a freshman, we wanted to bring uh, this guy in to help develop software at a company that I was involved with. And our our big blocker was nobody. He didn't have a driver's license. He could code, and nobody could go get him at the school and bring him to us. There was no real way to integrate him into our workflow at the time. This was before the day of working from anywhere and and easy tools to do this kind of thing, because this is an older story. So we kept in touch. Well, once he was able to drive himself around, we start doing internship work, we work together, he helps me in multiple businesses. Today, that high, that element or middle school student that I met went through high school, graduated, went to Purdue, where he received a computer uh, science degree, 
turned down multiple high-tech companies, ended up working at a major one in the uh, Silicon Valley right out of college. He's out there now, and we still talk regularly. He was actually integral in the thinking uh, for the current business that I'm running on some design elements that allowed us to do some things that we hadn't thought of. And, and so he's contributed meaningfully to my enterprise now. Ultimately, I believe that that young man ends up back in our community, will start a business that will employ dozens probably at the end of the day in our community. And I, I could replicate, I could tell you multiple stories where we've replicated that model. Um, and I mean, you know, with, with a great de- degree of success. The thing you said to me uh, right before we started recording the show uh, that really st- stood out to me is that you you brought up doctors, lawyers, and entrepreneurs, and how your goal is to teach uh, these kids that entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship should be on the same plane as a goal of becoming a doctor or a lawyer. You know, I think back to when I was in high school, and it was like doctors, lawyers, those were the, that's the upper echelon. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the goal. Uh, Everything else was just the next tier down. And and I don't even know at that time in the late 80s, none of us were thinking, you know what, when I get out of college, I'm going to start my own business. It was just, I got to get a college degree so I can get a good job. And I think it is fascinating and super important for kids to know, uh, and college might not even be part of their path. Absolutely. But they know with with entrepreneurship, they could end up with a career as, uh, you know, I guess perceived successful as doctor or lawyer. Um, that's that's pretty cool to me. Well, and certainly as economically impactful, right, which then drives that spend some, save some, give some model, right? The philanthropy and the, the charity and the community support that happens. You look at our entrepreneurs, our best entrepreneurs in the world are the major funders of philanthropic activity, right? Even mm-hmm. from Bill Gates and and Warren Buffett and Mark Cuban on healthcare, and you look at what happens when you are super successful as an entrepreneur, and you have the ability then to lean in on the things that matter to you. So the reason I lump it with doctor and lawyer, my overall objective, this has been my dream for 20 years, is to demystify what it means to be an entrepreneur, right? Most people go, oh, he was just meant to be that way. He was, or she, she's always been that, or... You're not necessarily born with it. Some are, but it can be captured, right? The lessons learned and they they can be taught and you can develop entrepreneurial talent in just about anyone. And I think it starts with understanding that it's possible, right? And that's that's the whole idea of sitting down to talk about it here today is if we can just open up someone's eyes, a parent, a mentor, a coach, a teacher, right? The local leaders are where it's happening today, right? They're the ones that are inspiring youth, right? And and have someone talk to another kid about what it means to be an entrepreneur. That's it, right? I mean, you look mm-hmm. at today, it's kind of in vogue with Shark Tank and yeah. all these pitch competitions and all that stuff. We just need more people to do this. Idea pitch competitions. It doesn't even need to be about business. It needs to be about a concept or an idea that can make the world better. If you can learn that it's your job or your opportunity to pitch that, it just opens up so much opportunity. So I guess this next question is going to lead into your background. When you speak to a group of kids, you, I'm going to guess, start with your credentials because you'll want them, you, you want some credibility. You want them to believe what you're saying. Uh, what are the credentials you throw out at them? 
And I guess that's going to get us into the projects you're working on now. Yeah, no, absolutely. It depends, right? Uh, and I rarely go in scripted, by the way. I'm, I'm almost always um, kind of a, a fungible uh, a moment where I can kind of uh, communicate with, with students in a way that's going to be meaningful to them. So sometimes it's credentials, right? I, I have this degree or I started, you know, this business or I worked at this company or I've achieved this. Uh, sometimes it's your starting point, right? So more and more, you know, when I, I talk to kids, whether it's uh, rural parts of, of the country or, or inner city parts, I'm seeing the stories be so much the same. Like I, it's hard to even believe how similar all of these threads are, right? If you peel off the demographics and, and the things that would identify where a kid is from and talk only about the challenges they're facing, you'd start to realize that broken families, uh, drugs, lack of opportunity, uh, economic uh, insecurity or food insecurity, right? Different things that are everywhere, rural, inner city, black, white, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. You look at, at what these kids are facing today, and then to compound that with uh, the technology and social media and the way in which things move so quickly, I think that uh, one of the best things we can do for them is give them hope and, and inspiration uh, that there's better stuff ahead. And and so that's really where I spend my time. And so oftentimes I start uh, by talking about my background, and that's you know growing up in an apartment with a mom working two jobs just to keep the light bill paid. Right. That's an experience not a lot of my peers have ex- have, have lived, uh, but a lot of kids can relate to today. And so it really just depends on what group I'm talking to credentials wise. I mean, I don't go wearing my resume out there and sharing everything with everyone. But I mean, I was really fortunate to start early at IBM. How much money do you make in a year? I've had, had asked. <laughs> Seriously, I've had kids no. look me straight in the eye yeah. and they want to know, do you make more than than uh, than an NBA player that I like? Oh, or It's hilarious. <laughs> and, and I've answered as best I can without sliding my W-2 over. But, you know, you want to give... You're like, hey, I could afford to take the day off work today to talk to you. <laughs> exactly. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's fun. And I actually appreciate that because in the, in the kid, that, that actually happened uh, within the last couple of years. We were doing little roundtable meetings with groups of five to seven. And I was in that established rapport phase mm-hmm. with this table. And one of the kids who's maybe seventh grade, eighth grade asked me, how much money do you make? That's... A, Pretty, I can understand yeah. why you want to know that, right? You want to understand, can I really give you an option that's equivalent to the things that you think are your options today, right? Yeah. It's really, I think, very valid question for a young person to understand what's the impact of what you're telling me, right? What would that do to me? And I can tell you it'd be life-changing, right, for anyone. First of all, just on the feeling that you're contributing to something that matters, something that you love to do. You, you cannot put a price on that, right? Not at all. So I think, you know, you're, you're blessed to do the stuff that you love every day. We're sitting here in a room, you know, with, with cool-looking egg crate kind of sound, acoustic panels and microphones and technology, and it's just your, your space, right? It's yeah. where you want to be, and uh, I think that makes all the difference in the world. I haven't worked uh, a day since 1993. People when don't they, know it. When they say, you know, find a job you like and you'll yeah. never work a day in your life. So I true. haven't worked a day in, since 1993. And, you know, all my coworkers around here will probably uh, say, yeah, he doesn't really do a whole lot. 
So I, you know, to me that that shouldn't be a secret, right? I feel the same way. I have been yeah. fortunate to wake up every day on fire for what my day holds, right? The minute I get into a moment where I I'm not looking forward to doing what I'm doing, I'm going to change it. Uh, be- oh yeah, I agree, and I've been there too. Um, and I want to get into your spoke note that you've started because um, I think that's a good uh, good credibility for our listeners to know that um, that. The, you know, there's a lot. I've done a lot of uh, keynote speaking on college campuses. I've worked with college age students and student athletes, and a lot of speakers are experts at something, uh, and they're terrible speakers. Some speakers are fantastic speakers, but they're not really an expert in anything. Um, you're both. You are. Oh, you're you. engaging and a fantastic speaker with the kids, but you're also an expert at entrepreneuring. Um, and you're doing it right now with a product called SpokeNote. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what stage of this. This is launched? It's launched. It's, it's out launched. There, available. Is it SpokeNote.com? That's it. Um, super quick elevator pitch here. So we make it really simple, right? We give you the ability to add video to anything. You take our sticker out of the package. You scan the code. You smile. Record a video. Wherever you put that sticker, the video plays. So think of it as the post-it note for the TikTok generation, right? This is, the, this is a way to quickly add video to anything. So if you're an Airbnb host and you want to show how the, the coffee machine works, or if you're an HVAC service technician, I know you and Jay Baker talked a lot about that uh, mm-hmm. recently, right? Yeah. If the service technician wants to leave you some information about the install or how to change a filter, they can pull out their phone, record a video, put the sticker on the unit, and there you have it, the ability to add video to anything. That's what we do. And the description, it's it's a post-it note in the TikTok generation. Yep. It's a um, sticker. You you can put on a card, note, gift, greeting, anything. And you've actually showed it to me and how to how to do it. And you you take the sticker, you scan it, it launches a, a web page mm-hmm. on your phone yep. with a video uh, button, just like a I guess in a photo booth. You yep. press record, you you say your stuff, you press end or send or done, mm-hmm. and now that video is on the web corresponding with that sticker. So the next you, person that scans that code, the video plays. And you can have thousands of that those stickers. Yep. Or or just one. Or one. And I love the Airbnb example because if Melissa and I are going to South Haven to uh, spend the weekend, if we got to the uh, you know, the third level attic uh, one bedroom loft and there's a sticker there that just says scan and all of a sudden it's the owner of the Airbnb saying Hi, Adam. Hi, Melissa. So glad you're here this weekend. Just wanted to let you know the weather's going to be this. Uh, the coffee pot is over there. And uh, make sure if you use the washer not to overflow, whatever. I mean, yes. they, they can then they can customize it and they can even say, hey, I know we spoke on the phone and you really wanted to know about uh, cycling. Well, there's a bike rental place a half a mile down the street on your right. Yep. So that's a really cool thing. That's the use case right there. That's it. You just nailed it. And I think... Um, if our listeners go to spokenote.com, they can learn more. I, th- I think the, the cool thing about this product, too, is bringing it back to working with kids and speaking to a, a high school audience about the importance of being an entrepreneur and what that could mean in their life, in their career. Um, that's the kind of thing that would make them go, oh, my gosh, I, I maybe could have thought of that. Yeah. I mean, I use video. I record myself on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I know how to use this kind of technology that we just learned could be a multi-million dollar company, I can do this too. Yep. I think that's the inspiration you're talking about. Well, and I, I think you're hitting on a, a really key point, uh, Adam. That is that 
you know, we live in a, a, a day and age and in a, in a place where ideas are everywhere. Everybody has an idea to make the world better. Everybody has some concept, right? Some, some new product, some idea, but it's the people that take action on that idea that really make the difference, right? So many people, you know, my goal in life was to not be that old guy in a rocking chair that said, I had that idea back. You know what? I'm going to try everything out that I think could change the world and make it better because I don't want to have something that I regret later that I didn't take a shot at. And if we can inspire youth to experiment and explore with new products and new ideas and tinker and make things and learn how to use uh, a soldering iron or use how to uh, learn how to use uh, how to code. You can do all this for free online. There is so much available today that if you just have the drive and the interest, you can pretty much learn anything you want. Let me ask you about this uh, approach to working with kids about the importance of entrepreneurship. Um, let's say you're 40 years old listening to the show and you're like, you know, I'm stuck in my job. It's not a career. It's just a job. Um, I've got a couple of ideas, but I'm just too old. I've got kids. I don't have the time to do this. What would you say to a 40 year old? Oh my gosh. You're not even, you know, you're not even halfway done at that point, right? There's, there's always time, right? It's funny you said that because I was just thinking about learning how to play guitar and I'm like, I don't know how to, I'll never get it. And I'm like, man, you got, you got those hands. You'd be able to. I mean, I'm 52. It's not like I'm dying. Um, I, you know, if a, if a kid at age eight, can take lessons and be really good by 16, that means I could be good by age 60, Yeah, right? Totally. So, I, yeah, I've got time. So, And I think, you know, <laughs> the, the, what you need to understand, I think, as an entrepreneur or a would-be entrepreneur is it's so easy to test your idea out today. To set up a Shopify store and an Instagram page and, a, and, and an Amazon account or you can do all of this for almost no money. You can get started so uh, reasonably and, and relatively risk-free Right? You don't want to compete with your current employer. There are certain ethics around a side hustle. But if, if you're working at, uh, at the local coffee shop and you want, to, you want to make musical instruments, go do it in your spare time. Do something you love, something that somebody else will pay you for, and that can be your beginning, uh, you know, your starting point for being an entrepreneur. You have time. I think that's uh, that's the, the that's my takeaway yep, because uh, it's easy to also make excuses yep. where you're thinking, oh, I'm, this isn't for me. I'm too old. I have too many kids. I'm in a rut. I can't. I've got bills to pay. Yep. And and as uh, and I'm guilty of this. If you're sitting on your couch doing nothing, that's maybe when you should be doing your side hustle. Absolutely. And I've got. I mean, I am pretty busy. I'm a pretty busy guy. But I still find myself at times sitting on the couch thinking. Wow, I've got uh, some time to kill here. I kind of feel guilty about it. Uh, I actually don't feel guilty at all, uh, <laughs> and I have less guilt in uh, the fall during football season. Absolutely, because there's four-hour, you know, windows at a time where I'm on my couch doing nothing but watching. The we game. are weeks away, and we're all going to be in our happy place. I think when when fall hits, uh, we got about three minutes left here. John Wexler is our guest. We've been talking about working with kids about the importance of entrepreneurship. Um, you do do it nationally, but um, do you see, or how could I even help this become a national platform? Um, this sounds like it's almost a business within a business, just to do a school program with not only high school kids, but like you said, junior high, even down to third grade, to just get kids thinking about terms like seed money. That, that could, that could be, be the next 
CEO of a fantastic new company, the more, the earlier they learn this type of activity. Yep. There are tons of amazing national programs. And typically what I try to do is, is snap in to existing infrastructure rather than reinvent the wheel. So something as simple as junior achievement, right? Where you, you they have, uh, at, at the time when I used to teach junior achievement, they had a, three different programs. And I think that there's time for one of these national programs to lean in on this uh, entrepreneurship and innovation education very quickly, I'll just uh, mention there's a white paper on the internet that a friend of mine at MIT wrote called A Tale of Two Entrepreneurs. And it talks about the difference between these innovation-driven companies and traditional small businesses. And it's the innovation-driven companies that create wealth uh, for communities over the long haul because they bring money in from all over the world into their small towns across the country. And so I think educating, uh, reaching out, look, if there's some way we can partner, I am all ready uh, to to jump in on that, so maybe some one of your listeners will have an idea. Uh, you may have an idea. Love yeah, it. well, one of the thing that sort of gets my wheels turning is I've, uh, like I said, have done work with uh, student athletes, mm-hmm. and I think there's a program here for student athletes to learn about, um, you know, taking what they love and turning it into a business. Oh, um, whether it's music, um, business, uh, you know, they are definitely driven people that aren't afraid of hard work. Mm-hmm. So they've got those genes already. So let's well, let's talk more about that and see like uh, that. what and we can come up on with. On the fly, we didn't talk about this, but we're going to, uh, I'm going to create a promo code on our website for any of your listeners that want to come in and check out SpokeNote. Okay. And we'll give a, we'll give a super aggressive uh, discount. We'll get, in fact, let's go half off, right? Anybody that wants to buy something on our website to check it out, they can put in the captain as their promo code. Okay. And then that will knock their order down to half. We already do free shipping, so we're not going to nail you on that. But uh, just if, in case anybody's interested and wants to check that out, and then uh, they can always hit me up uh, at spokenote.com. Uh, I'm John, J-O-H-N, at spokenote.com. Uh, and then through you, uh, you know, if somebody wants to engage on this topic, we're all we're ready to go. We'll put the link on our website for this episode. AdamRitzShow.com is the website. John Wexler, thank you so much for coming in. Let's do this again in about a year. I'd love it. Thank you so much. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.